This is Live Well with your host, Jim Humphrey, author of Live Long and Prosper. Is social fatigue a real thing? I heard a term recently that that I was familiar with, but I had not thought about it in today's context. Generally, when when the term social fatigue is used, it describes a feeling of being emotionally overextended or exhausted, uh, oftentimes by our work. It has also been known to manifest itself in both physical fatigue and a sense of feeling psychologically and emotionally drained. We are social animals by design. However, the degree of social interaction needed varies by individual. One person may be content with one or two interactions per day, while another may need constant interaction, communication, or physical contact with those closest to them. People generally fall into one of three categories. They're either introverts, extroverts, or ambiverts. Ambiverts, which is a combination of the first two. We often think of the term introvert as being associated with the person who enjoys being alone, but that's not entirely accurate. The introverted nature of a person defines how they recharge themselves. Some do it by spending time alone or doing activity that accommodates a single person. On the opposite side of the coin, the extrovert draws their energy from contact with others and often feels down or drained if alone for extended periods of time. At the moment, we live in a somewhat bizarre reality where we can't fully control our social interactions or physical connections given the world around us. This has been our reality for almost a year now, and although it's not the first time our human race has experienced something like this, it does take its toll on us individually and as a society. Eventually, people find a way to socially interact. Why? Because we're social animals. Even during the 1918 Spanish flu, for example, thousands of people refused to socially distance themselves indefinitely from their family and friends, and they found a way to be social. It's all a result of something called isolation fatigue. Basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's this psychological weariness or impatience or a form of depression and hopelessness that is associated with slipping into a life of relative solitude. Let's explore for just a moment some of the psychological elements of this isolation fatigue, if you will. Let's talk about our brain, and it's divided into half. There's a left side of our brain and a right side of our brain. First, the left side of our brain is the logical hemisphere that's concerned with things like language, number skills, scientific skills, reasoning, and analytics. It is capable capable of enduring an environmental change around us for a long period of time, as long as it can rationalize through it and then somehow compartmentalize the bad or negative feelings and events that are happening. The right side of the brain, however, kind of gives us a little more problems. It houses things like our emotions, our perceptions, our impulses, our creativity, and nonverbal perception. Thus, the right side of our brain struggles with beliefs, behaviors, and attitudes, especially if they are inconsistent, are not clearly defined with conclusions or end states. This can lead to a form of what's called cognitive dissonance. 
During the somewhat chaotic period of history, things such as our experiences, our socioeconomic standings, and our geographic locations can lead us to form different perceptions of the same events and draw varied conclusions about how long we must continue to deal with this. During my career with the military, for example, I underwent several training periods or cycles as we call them that would include uh, small team or individual movements of significant distances on foot at a fast pace across various terrains. We would be initially told that we were to reach an objective within a period or a window of time, but not told exactly the distance in which we'd be moving, nor do we really know when the exercise would be completed. There was an element of physical endurance that was being evaluated, which was true, but the more significant evaluation for us was how we mentally coped with the stress of the unknown, specifically an unknown end state, and then have that magnified by physical stress. This drove us to a form of cognitive, cognitive dissonance, where our sense of perceptions of reality didn't necessarily coincide with what was happening to us. In some areas of the world, it's very clear that many people won't be leaving their work from home office for a while. In other areas of the world, other areas of our country, there's this continual roller coaster of increased and lessened restrictions on companies and us as individual citizens. Because of this, our brains are constantly shifting from the left hemisphere to the right hemisphere to rationalize and deal with the emotional ups and downs that we're going through. As the cognitive battle continues, even our logical brain begins to fatigue and it constantly tries to convince us that we're not stressed, worried, or desiring some sort of sense of normalcy. Everything's fine. Add to this a holiday season uh, where many of us aren't able to congregate with our families and friends to get encouragement and uplifting one another, and we have the ideal environment for increased mental and social fatigue. An interesting thing, we begin to feel, or at least we convince ourselves, that we are coping well and no longer feel as stressed. But the stress hormone production doesn't stop. We merely become numb or unaware after a period of time. Have you ever had a pain in your body somewhere that is so intense and lasts for so long, eventually you become numb to it? Well, that pain didn't necessarily go away, the damage that occurred to create that pain is still there, but our brain has convinced us to become numb to it. The impact of this continual production of stress chemicals such as cortisol um, overtasks our adrenals and stress levels remain high and our physical health, health then begins to suffer. Eventually, we hit the wall. And for any of us who have been runners in our past, we know what that feeling of hitting the wall is. It's not necessarily a physical uh, feeling, but it's that mental overwhelmingness, uh, that feeling that I just can't go any further, I've hit the wall. But what can we do about it? There's so many things that we can't control in today's environment. So what can we do individually to help ourselves? If you're working for, from home, for example, you know, follow the standard tips such as setting up a clean designated workspace, schedule your day as you would in the office, 
and set clear working and not working boundaries with others. Use all the communication and management tools available to you, such as group chats, uh, things like Monday.com or Smartsheets. In short, maintain open lines of communication with and social interactions with your coworkers. Maintain as much of a sense of normalcy as you can. We have a long winter ahead of us, and wallowing in misery and self-pity will do nothing but harm us. Take this winter period as possibly you normally would in years past. View it as a period of temporary slowdown and a time for self-reflection. Take it as an opportunity to establish new goals and discover new interests. For example, here are just a few additional principles that I think might help you as you go through this. First and foremost, stop scrolling. Social media may be one primary way that you remain connected to friends and family, but it also contributes to feelings of jealousy, anger, and loss. A lot of our anxiety, or a lot of the social world's anxiety, is driven by their constantly doom and gloom scrolling. Consider social media, consider a social media detox period of about three to four days every two weeks or so. Replace that stimulus with reading a book or writing your thoughts and feelings into a journal. Do something that is a little bit outside of the norm of your social interaction. You'll be amazed at the changes it makes with you mentally. Another, alter your work scenery as often as possible. If you're highly organized, it's very understandable that you want to maintain a stationary workspace with consistency and structure. Man, do I understand that. But a change of scenery can often rejuvenate and inspire creative thought. Personally, I enjoy taking my laptop to different sites around town to spark creativity in myself. I'm not one for wanting to camp out in the midst of a busy social spot, but I do enjoy my small town coffee shops, cafes, uh, outdoor recreational areas, and I use these to feed off of the vibe of each of those in some small yet different way. And each time I do this, it sparks new creativity within myself. Next, make a self-care a priority. Take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself first, you can't be productive in any other aspect of your life. You know, things like a bubble bath, pedicure, and meditation, long walks, these things may not necessarily move the needle of your business or your position within a business, but they do energize us and allow for decompression time and reduction of stress. And you need those times for yourself. All of these make us more productive and healthier. And finally, be intentional about social time. Just like your social time and work and the schedule that you make for yourself to carve out for yourself schedule schedule time to be with friends and family yes actually schedule that time put it in your calendar that this is what you're going to be doing at that specific time use these social moments to truly connect exercise intimacy collaborate on projects learn something new share memories and music help within your community and so on Step away from the Netflix binging and be truly social. Yes, isolation fatigue is a real thing. But what if you leaned into it? 
and got comfortable with your isolation and made your social interactions even more, even more meaningful than they've ever been in the past. Well, friends, that's it for today. I wish you the best. I wish you well. And remember, feed your heart, feed your mind, feed your body, feed your spirit, and live well. Until next time.